And the violence is back in your ears. Raj Gallardi here bringing you another episode of The Call to Violence. And boy, am I totally jacked right now. Uh, I just finished rewatching the fights from yesterday. And you know, when you have uh, when you have fights and moments like that, dude, it's like amphetamines for me. I'm, I'm buzzing right now. Um, this whole week of uh, Fight Island fights have been really something special. And I really do think it had something to do with you know us having a time off in between uh, in between the last event and uh, this past week, um, or from the year end to, to this past week. Um, but anyways, uh, we had uh, we had Connor's return and Mike Chandler's coming out party uh, to the UFC last night. And uh, you know, let's start by talking about Connor and Dustin. Obviously, we got to start with that. And, you know, whenever you have a fighter with a profile of Connors, the lead-up always centers around them, right? Uh, all the questions, all the what-ifs, all the outcomes, everything. Everything is aligned with the star. And I really think this version of Dustin Poirier really benefited from that. You know, he didn't take it personally, but he used it as motivation to prove people wrong. And he did it on his terms, most importantly. You know, he didn't go out there with a chip on his shoulder like in the first fight from six years ago and have something to prove to people. He needed to prove it to himself. And so he came in there with a clear and elaborate game plan that him and his team crafted perfectly. Um, and he executed it perfectly. There was no macho bullshit. It was all business. They systematically broke down Connor and diminished him until he wilted. And it came a lot sooner than people were predicting and a lot sooner than people expected. And, you know, I'm really not on this bandwagon that, uh, you know, Connor wasn't himself because of the layoff. You know, Dustin made him look that way. I mean, go back and go back and watch Connor in the first or after the first round when he goes to the corner. Um, he looks dejected. He looks tired. And I think he was super worried about that leg. And, you know, they came in and, and I, I'm, that was a veteran execution of a game plan. Uh, he came in, Dustin came out there from the gun and you can tell he had, he had an answer for every position of that fight. And I mean that against the fence. I mean that on the ground and I mean that in stand up. He had clear weapons and clear, uh, just a clear game plan in every, every moment of that fight. Um, Obviously, they were they had a uh, that calf kick uh, heavy game plan to immobilize him. They needed him to get tired and his arms heavy so he wasn't as strong standing uh, with his strikes. Um, and so, just they, they took everything away from Connor. They took away his best weapons and early, like it, it didn't. And I think that's what the craziest thing is: is it didn't even need to be this long drawn out game plan. Where in the fourth and fifth it started, you know, he started reaping the benefits. He started reaping the benefits immediately. I mean, after that first kick, Connor was not the same. And it and and it and again, it like we're not even just talking about you know Connor's power and his left hand and his movement. I mean, he wasn't effective with his feints. Uh, he wasn't able. He you know Connor started playing the kicking game too late, and it was more of a tit for tat than it was to set up Connor's uh, own stuff. Um, it was just, just, I mean, brilliant, 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 brilliant stuff by ATT and Dustin Poirier. Um, again, I, I really think Dustin has come into his own, um, you know, in these last couple fights and it shows in his fight IQ and his maturity and go, go look at his last fights. I mean, I, I know in the, in the, um, the hooker fight was kind of everywhere and he took a lot of damage and he really had to kind of, you know, 
bite down on his mouthpiece and really and, and really come back. But it's not like he did that just throwing bomb for bomb. No, he started going to the body to hooker. He started clinching when it was necessary. He got necessary takedowns in that fights too. And so what I'm saying is, is this is not this is a very very polished version of Dustin Poirier, and I really do think he's at the top of his game, and he might be the best. I mean, outside of Khabib, because I, I still don't feel like he stacks well against Khabib, but this really is you know one of the best lightweights uh, on the planet right now, and um, you know re- really he should be getting on the shine right now. Like w- the conversation should not be, oh uh, you know. Connor was, uh, you know, suffering from ring rust and, you know, all of that. The, the, the shine really has to be on Dustin. And again, I, I think a couple people were posting this in it. And it's one of my favorite things about this sport. But life isn't fair. But, you know, 15 or 25 minutes in that cage or you have 15 or 25 minutes in that cage to make life fair. And... You know, that's what Dustin proved. And I love when shit like that happens. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not, like, you don't really feel bad for Connor because, you know, Connor's really reaped the benefits uh, of this sport as well in that regard. But for a guy like Dustin who's been through murderer's row, murderer's row, you know, to finally get the payoff here. And again, you know, Dustin's one of these guys. He got all the way to the top. He beat, he beat Holloway. He runs into he runs into Khabib and he comes up short he gets choked out you know and he came up short and he could have he could have taken that as you know what I really put in my best effort I got all the way to the top I wasn't good enough to beat the best but here I am and he could have just you know taken some really good fights won some lost some not been as motivated but no he said fuck that shit I still have so much left to prove and he come he came back he had that Dustin fight or he had that that um the he had the hooker fight he bet on himself and you know and he got this fight like if he didn't come out and if he didn't bet on himself after the Khabib fight and look good and how good he looked in that uh in the hooker fight like we wouldn't even be talking about him right now but because he has that that mental wherewithal just to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and never give up and pushing, and that's so much easier said than done. Like I, I hate when people come out on their soapbox and they like to fuck. Oh, you know, I just you know you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and take it day by day and all this bullshit. No, he lives that shit. He lives it. And there's no better example. I mean, it's him and I want to say like Michael Bisbing. Michael Bisbing had a whole career of just up and down. And and Michael Bisbing even more so. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Never really got a shot until the very end of his career. And then he reaped all of the benefits of just never giving a fuck. And that's what we're seeing with Dustin right now. And I, I couldn't be more excited for him. You know, and, and on the Connor side of things, you know, for him, you know, again, he... He didn't use any of the weapons that really got him there. And that's because of Dustin. He didn't use his feints. He didn't use his teeth kicks. And you know what? You know what was funny? Um, they they stack up kind of the same. I think Connor technically has a longer reach. And I think they're the, around the same height. But Dustin looks so much bigger in there. His frame just looks... He looks so much bigger than there. But what's funny is... is just because he, just because Dustin was bigger, you know, Connor didn't get out muscled. Uh, he did get taken down, but you know, he got up pretty quick. He did really well against the fence and his defense. Um, 
and his his positioning, his defense, his get-ups, like, he did really, really well, he did really good with wrist control, he was getting shots off, and, um, man, like, even through all that, though, just, just Dustin put it on him, and I will say, I think, I think, I mean, Connor did really good against Nate being, you know, both being southpaws, but I really do feel like, um, Connor's best work with his hands comes from when he, when he goes, when he's, uh, when he's fighting an orthodox fighter, just because of the angles and I, being a guy, and, and this is just coming from a very, very layman's, very low level training point of view. But I mean, I, I fight right-handed, uh, so I fight. You know, my my stance is southpaw, and you know, sometimes when I when I do fight uh, another another south or when I spar another southpaw, like it kind of throws me off. I'm not, I, you you got to circle differently. The footwork's different. The openings are different, and so I kind of like having that that same hand, um, that same hand forward, just because that's what I'm used to. And Connor's a fucking, uh, you know, top level athlete. He's seen everything. He he knows which ways to go and all that. But I'm just saying, I think his best work and his best setups really do come from um, that orthodox stance. Uh, when his when the guy he's fighting comes from that orthodox stance. Um, but shit, man. Um, all the fucking praise to to Dustin, man. Um, really had the performance of a lifetime. Coming back from another performance of his life, so you know it's it's gonna be there, there's a lot of bright things happening for Dustin after this fight. And you know I feel like Dustin just threw a giant curveball uh, in that long line of light and those uh, lightweight contenders because I don't really know where they go from here because logically he would fight Oliveira or Chandler, right? And we'll get to the, the the Chandler fight in a second, but uh, but logically, you know, he would fight one of those two guys for the vacant belt. You know, if it, and it sounded like Khabib's just gonna retire and vacate the belt. Um, but you know, in the post fight press conference, Dustin had no interest in fighting either of those guys. And really, who blames him? You know, I just finished disc- or I just finished explaining how you know Dustin had to fight through the murderer's row at lightweight. And, uh, you know, he didn't have, even coming up from uh, 145 to 155, you know, he didn't have one fight that just propelled him all the way to the top. He had to claw all the way up there. And, you know, uh, he had to beat a lot of guys on the way up. He had to fight everybody. So for him to hit this high after beating Holloway, losing to Khabib, you know, which obviously in in uh, recent light of things is not really a, a really a big deal. But then to return against Hooker, put on a show like that, and then to come into Connor's house per se and put on a clinic like that, you know, it's got to be nothing but big fights uh, for him from here on out. Um, you know, with or without a belt, I, re- I I really think Dustin's in a light now where he it, it's crazy, right? Like you beat Connor, and all of a sudden, like the belt really doesn't mean anything. And maybe Dustin's not totally in that light yet, but I, I think so. And, um, you know, so I think it's got to be, it's, it's, it's either going to be a Connor rematch, we'll do a trilogy, or, or the Nate fight. And, you know, those two have been talking shit for over a year now. When was, uh, when, maybe two years now. Those guys have been talking shit for a long time since that a fight originally was supposed to get made. Want to say November of 2018? Maybe 2019? No, it was 2018 because Mazvidal and uh, Mazvidal and um, and uh, Nate fought November of 2019. So yeah, so uh, it's been a while now for those two going back and forth, and uh, I think Dustin should be the favorite in both those fights. Like I think he puts a fucking ass whooping on Nate, 
even though I feel like that would be a really good fight. Um, and yeah, I don't see how Connor rebounds in a, in a third fight right away with, uh, with Dustin. And I don't really think a rematch with Dustin really makes sense right away. And I mean, like, we all thought, you know, we all thought the Nate rematch originally would be tough for Connor at you know, right after his loss because he just looked so bad. Um, I mean, he looked good early, but just late, like he clearly didn't have the gas tank. But you know, he showed us what was, you know, what what the deal was in the rematch. Um, but I know the UFC didn't even want to make that rematch initially. They wanted him to go back down to 145 and figure things out there before going back up to to that bigger weight class. But you know, um, Connor had a really good game plan going into that rematch, and you know, he got the decision. I still think Nate won that fight, but I mean. Neither here nor there. That fight happened five years ago almost now. So, you know, what are you going to do? But, um, you know, losing to Dustin two times in a row, especially if it's in dramatic fashion again like it was this last time in a, in a um, you know, in a, in a third fight, like, that's not good for Connor. So I don't really know what they do with him from here. I mean, you know, they could do Connor versus Nate 3. They could do that trilogy, but... I don't know. I feel like that money still does big money, but maybe not as much. if Because both of those guys really got their ass kicked in their last two fights. I mean, uh, Nate got handled. And I know it got stopped early because of the cut and all that nonsense, but Mazadal was putting putting it on him. I mean, Mazadal was dominating that fight. And same thing in this fight. Dustin put it on Connor. So... I don't know how big that fight. I guess just because of name recognition, it's big. But I, I don't know how how excited I would be going into that fight. You know, it's more of a you know who can pick up the pieces of what's left kind of a fight. And I don't think that's ever a good. Um, I don't think that's ever good promotion going into a fight. Um, I really don't. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, I, I don't really know what's going to happen. I guess we'll find out. Uh, you know, in the next coming weeks, what what's going to happen with. Khabib, uh, and I, I guess this all just really depends on what happens with Khabib. Um, and once once Khabib makes that final decision about vacating that belt, um, I guess we'll have a little more clarity. But fucking props to Dustin Poirier. He's the man right now. Everyone else uh, has got to be, you know, has got to be looking at Dustin as the guy. Definitely has to be looking at Dustin as the guy. And then that brings us to our next guy. Or I should say the next fight. Good old Mike Chandler. Mike Chandler. Dude, had probably had the best debut as any guy with a name coming into the UFC. I mean, when I go back and think... I, I know people have been uh, been saying this, but like when I go back and think about it, I think about you know Jake Shields uh, coming in, and um, he had to fight Martin Campman, and I think that fight was a split decision. That fight was ugly. Obviously, Eddie lost. Um, Will Brooks came into the UFC, and I... He he lost, um, and he had a lot of hype coming in from Bellator. Hector Lombard blew his shot. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, you know, Gilbert Melendez came up short against Benson Henderson, even though I still feel like he won that fight. But but I, you you guys understand what I'm trying to say here. But I I really like. Usually, I I, I kind of fold to the consensus that yeah, like you know those UFC, the UFC lights are different, and it gets you know gets people to the moment. But I, I never really had that feeling coming in with Michael Chandler. Um, you know, Michael Chandler's fought really really tough guys. Like I, I, you know, usually when these guys come into the UFC, you know, there's such a there's such a um, a uh, a competition jump. 
But I didn't really feel that with uh, I didn't really feel that with Michael Chandler. You know, maybe if he came in there and fought a guy like Connor or um, or Dustin or Khabib, you know, if he fought one of those like top three guys right off the bat, you know, maybe I could have said you, maybe there's something to say that. But he's fighting Dan Hooker, who's a great fighter, but you know. I want to say he's on the bottom half of that top five, and and that's not saying that's not saying anything bad about about uh, about Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker is a savage, and to be and to be in that anywhere in that top ten at lightweight, you have to be one of the best in the world. So that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, if you go back and you look at Chandler's uh, Chandler's resume, I mean, two fights with Eddie Alvarez. Um, Patricio Pipple, who, you know, and he got knocked out by Patricio, but, you know, that's on there. Two fight, He has two fights with Patricio, and one was a lot younger in his career. Uh, Benson Henderson twice. Benson Henderson's one of the best to do it. And he's done this, again, they're Bellator shows, but, you know, he's done it on the bright lights. And in Bellator, you know, he really was carrying that promotion on his back. So he really was carrying a lot of that, the, the pressure and all of that, which, you know, we put on these UFC guys. And, you know, again, doing the, the weight cut and everything for the, uh, for the, um, for the Khabib fight against Justin and going through the whole Dubai, you know, protocol and COVID, like every, everything he did was set up for that moment and he thrived in it. And so I really, I really wasn't worried about, uh, you know, the pressure, the nerves getting to him. And he showed that. And two, I, 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 I really was like there was a lot of narratives going into this fight that I just really didn't I really didn't get behind and and then the other one was that you know Mike Chandler had to get this down in order to win and you know if 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 he doesn't get this down you know Hooker's gonna blast him on the on the feet yeah does Hooker maybe have like better like technical boxing and technical striking yeah but Michael Chandler is a very very explosive wrestler who's got very very explosive hands I mean he can cover distance so fast. And his angles and everything just comes very, very quick, and you don't have time to catch up to it. And so I didn't understand this notion where that he needed to get... When was the last time that Chandler had a wrestling-heavy game plan that ended up getting him the win? It's been years since anything like that, right? I mean, look at his last three fights, right? All quick knockouts. I mean, besides the the Patricio fight where he was on the the other end of of a quick knockout. So, and... And again, that was a flash knockout. Like that wasn't like a uh, you know an, a beating over time or anything like that. Um, so I really didn't understand that notion of you know Chandler had to get it down. I thought closing the distance might be tough, but it you know and and it and it did take him a little bit to kind of understand how to come in on on uh, on Dan. I keep wanting to call Dan Dustin, and I don't I don't know why. Um, but you know it, I. Let me kind of like regroup here because I got a million things coming through my head. I'm sorry. I'm so freaking excited right now. Um, But, you know, I I really think uh, this was the, you know, a lot of people were saying, uh, you know, maybe if Chandler would have came into the UFC a couple years ago, he would have had a better shot. And I don't really believe that. Again, that's another notion coming into this that I can't really get behind because like, like Justin Gaethje, he needed to go through some shit and he had to have some losses in order for him to really refine his style into what it is today. You know, Chandler was also another one of those guys, very, very forward aggressive, kind of left his chin out there and it put him in a lot of trouble and it, you know, it led him to getting taken down and out grappled in a lot of situations. It led him to get knocked out and hurt in a lot of other situations and, 
Now he's really refined his game to where like he doesn't have to be overly aggressive. He can really wait and pick his shots. And um, again, just really have a really refined game. And I think you're seeing, you know, the the evolution of it and the product of all that. And um, I don't think the, I don't think him coming to the UFC could have came at a better time than right now. And I really think you know he's gonna be trouble for all those guys at lightweight. Like he's gonna have the wrestling in his back pocket whenever he needs it, if he needs it. Um, and he can really mix it. In. I mean, he can mix it in whenever he wants. Um, he probably could have gone that whole fight without mixing in a takedown and it would have been dangerous for Dan Hooker on the feet. Um, you know, he didn't get, he knew, he knew he was at a height disadvantage and he set up everything, you know, he, he totally disregarded the head until he needed to at the very end, right? Like he was just throwing to the body. He was like, okay, I can't touch him on the feet right now or on the hand on the head right now. So let me just keep throwing to the body. Let me just keep throwing to the body, and eventually it will open up the head. And sure enough, what, a minute and a half, two minutes in, boom, it was right there for him. Um, so again, uh, Henry Hoof, uh, Henry Hooft um, with that one had a, um, a great game plan with him. Um, dude, those Florida boys, those Florida boys had a good night. Those, you know, two different camps, but uh, those Florida boys had a really, really good night. Um and he throws himself, I mean, Mike Chandler throws himself right in there. Again, we just talked about how I don't know if uh, he gets a Dustin fight or what he's going to have to do. Um, you know, he's kind of have to play the waiting game like everybody else. But, man, super excited for uh, for uh, Michael Chandler being in the UFC and seeing what he can do and really showing that, like, you know, this isn't 2000, what, what, this isn't 2010. Like, the best guys, um, there, there's a really, there's a lot of really good guys outside the UFC and maybe UFC doesn't have all of the best guys. Um, hey, but did anyone else notice that uh, Bruce Buffer uh, introduced Michael Chandler as the former Bellator lightweight champion? I think that's the first time Bellator has ever been said uh, on a UFC broadcast. And in, 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 in being announced, like that, that they were using that to hype Chandler up. Uh, times are changing, guys. Times are changing. There was a prop bet. That uh, Bellator ever gets said on a UFC broadcast, I would have definitely gone with no. So uh, that was definitely interesting. Um, we'll see if the that uh, keeps getting used, uh, you know, to prop him up. Uh, but other than that, you know, it was a pretty good card. Uh, Amanda Rebus got uh, upset, costed me some money, so that sucks. Um, Joanne Calderwood looked good. Um, you know, I kind of missed I, I missed the prelim just because I was at work, and luckily I got off just in time to, to catch the last two. And so I've kind of gone back, and I've kind of, you know, gone back and watched a, a few of the other fights. But, you know, uh, for the most part, you know, you know where the storylines lie and where, where all the excitement comes from. It was from those top two fights. So those are my undigested thoughts about the fights. Uh, I'm sure more will come out this week, and some clarity in the division will present itself. Um, but until then, you know, we just kind of, have to stay posted but you know ufc also announced the schedule for the spring so i'm really excited to see those fights uh you know we got steve bain and ganu yan and sterling of course we got israel and uh yan blahovich coming up um you know israel trying to do the champ champ shit uh, but you know ufc will also go on hiatus this week but then they're right back at it february 6th with a great main event with uh, alistair Overeem and alexander volkov so I'm really excited to break down that fight once that fight gets a little bit closer. But you know what? Uh, until that, guys, stay healthy, stay focused, but most importantly, enjoy yourselves.